Hey, I hope you're having a good day. Uh, today I'm joined by my good friend, Danny. And to give Danny a quick introduction, if you're not familiar with who he is, Danny is a holistic self-love coach who helps women to break up with the negative beliefs they carry about themselves. He's previously run a digital marketing agency, as well as having mentored personal trainers to start and scale their own digital businesses. Right now, he's focusing on scaling the Self-Love Academy and moving into delivering an in-person workshop, which will bring together a holistic mix of somatic techniques, nutrition, movement, and hypnosis to help women transform into the happiest, healthiest, and most loved versions of themselves. All sounds amazing, Danny. Yeah, it is. Good morning, Elon. Thanks for having me. Hope you're keeping well. Um, doing good, thanks. Just went out for a quick walk there. Got a bit of sunshine. That's the nice thing about living in Barca versus back home in Dublin. It's uh, you can go out in the morning and you know there's going to be some sun and it's going to be at least somewhat warm. You know. Yeah. Are you are you uh, far away from the beach? Um, fifteen minute cycle from the beach. Oh, nice. Ideal. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's you nice. know the, the the beach in Barca. We've already talked about this before. It's completely like given over. I think it was with the Arabs for the Olympics. Oh really? Yeah, it's completely artificial. Nice. Yeah, I know the the Olympic Village is like down. Uh, I think towards things called Poblenou, uh near the Terra Glorias. There's this amazing like dome shaped building. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's kind. Of, I think it's around that area, but I'm not hundred percent certain. But yeah, the beach here is like. Is next level it's something else oh it's stupid it's stupid when i was over there there's a big like cemetery or something down i don't know what way it is but we went i went with a guy from pakistan yeah um made a new mate over here over there even and um we went and it's got a lar- i don't know what it was, it was the largest cemetery i've ever been in and the other way in europe like they don't bury people in the ground they bury them in like mausoleums or like in the walls and stuff mm-hmm. it's just looking around at walls of people it's so weird that sounds cool. Yeah, it's like such a cool city to live in. It's definitely, I mean, Inchicore and Dublin is great, <laughs> especially around Crumlin and stuff. But yeah, Barca is just like one step above. And like, I'm from Mullingar, as you know. So it's like to go from Mullingar to Dublin to here is like just, yeah, it's like a whole new world. Um, but how's your week been going? What have you been up to? Good. I was, let's see, bank holiday Monday. I took a took an easy one at the weekends and we went Monday, just an hour and hour day. Um lovely. We went to the, went for like a long walk in the park, but they have a dog park near us. Oh yeah, nice. We spent literally like an hour in the dog park section of the park where they have gates on either end. It's like a farm almost. And mm-hmm. people just have their dogs in there. So there's maybe fifty dogs surrounding us. And I love uh, dog owners and dog parents, they're so funny. Like they're like shouting at them with their kids, like Rodney, Rodney, behave, be- Rodney, be on your best <laughs> behavior. And they all have these the mad thing with all the like parents now, the dog parents they have these cool little gadgets. There's one of these things where it's like a water bottle that like, goes into a tray and they just drink from the tray and all that. It's mad. They are giving each other treats and oh, or that oh, thing yeah. that they have, it's like the extendable arm that they put the yeah. tentacle in that goes they control for miles. <laughs> yeah. So you, you you'd obviously have some dogs that are like like a setter, like a setter is a dog that loves running all day for a ball, and then you have a golden retriever. And you just see like 20 dogs lining up and their eyes lighting up as soon as one person whips out one of these things to throw the ball. So we literally stayed in there for too long. I reckon we stayed in there for an hour. Nice. Um, just chilled, came home, um, had a bath as well. It was just an hour and hour day. Um, 
Amazing. They put yeah. some lavender or some Epsom salts or something in Epsom there. Epsom salts, some Epsom salts indeed. Yeah, a few candles, a bit of music. So we had a little Spanish guy in the corner serenading me and all. It was fantastic. Uh, mandolin. Um, <laughs> yeah. But honestly, chill yesterday. Um, chill again, just a little bit of work. And then I'm a big fan of big fan of Tony Robbins and he does his free event every year. So I go to that like it's just virtual. I just had that every year. I was meant to go to Unleash the Power Within in oh, yeah. Miami at the end of 2020, but then COVID hit. It was in November and um that fell through so hopefully i have to go to that in person maybe next year because i think he's going to bring it back i think it's the end of this year but i'm not going this year i'll probably go next year yeah well he does his online event and i was, I was at that last night um that runs for the next five days he got some like oh they're always kill people but this year he has um like he normally always has russell brunson as well but he has matching mcconaughey speaking this year and <laughs> alex hermosi as well which would be cool yeah alex is, is a legend for sure uh, if you're watching this and you haven't watched and you run your own business or you're interested in business or anything related to it, Alex's channel is like just next level because he's basically like nine figure entrepreneur and gives away all of his stuff basically for free, <laughs> which yeah. is like something else. Yeah. So what is it that like you enjoy most about himself? Because like I probably started watching this stuff. I wouldn't even say that long ago, maybe a year or so ago. Yeah. But um or whenever he brought out his $100 million offers, because I started seeing that everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Like, he just has such good insight on everything. It's like, because uh, I obviously would have a certain opinion about, okay, this is how you do X, Y, and Z, because mm -hmm. I'm only, you know, I'm still very new to things. And, you know, I've only been running my own business the last, like, five years. And he'll give an insight on something that's like, that's so simple, but so genius. Like, why didn't I think of that? And that's the exact reason why he's like so successful, especially with his wife, um, you know, versus just average mortals like myself. <laughs> yeah, I'll join, I'll join the club there. Yeah, like I remember someone saying something that like um, when Alex speaks, he gives like something to do, like he gives novels, <laughs> sentences. So everything is just value, value, value. He just he manages to make complex topics yeah stupidly simple and then you're just looking at yourself in the mirror like i'm an idiot <laughs> how do i know that yeah of course you should do that though it's like it's like even the title of his book it's like um 100 million dollar offers make offers so good people feel stupid saying no that they can't refuse them yeah yeah it's like yeah <laughs> of course yeah it's like something i heard from frank kern before it's the old trick of actually helping people and then they seeing that value and then they you know yeah. oh this would be great to have him as a coach or to work with this guy it's like a it's an old secret trick <laughs> yeah it's like just help people i think that's like something like that gets lost sometimes in like particularly like you know all the mark the marketing era in with digital marketing yeah. it's about attention 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 but it's like mm -hmm. just take some time to help people um like we've all not, we've all been there as like entrepreneurs like particularly like if you're in the online space you're like oh i just want to market more market more market more and you get to almost get away from not that you don't tell people, but you put the marketing over the help. Mm -hmm. And like in many ways, the best marketing is the help because it's the word of mouth that then comes from those people. And when they don't say start speaking about what you do, it's game over. Like you don't Absolutely. need to market. Yeah. I think a huge thing I realized was that like you can pretty much give away nearly all of your best stuff for free to really show how much value you can give someone and to give them a solution. Because at the end of the day, 
them knowing that thing isn't what helps them to achieve the result. It's you providing the structure, the support, the guidance, the accountability, the help in hand to go from where they are now to where they want to be. Like information is useless unless you have the accountability to follow through on it. And um, yeah, that was definitely a big turn point for me, like seeing that realization. So that's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Because um, I, I, I remember like, you know, a lot of marketing, like both, like when you read marketing books, they'd say you tell them the what without telling them the how. Um, and you pique their curiosity to want to learn about the how. But sometimes you can give them the how as well. Um, and if they like it enough, they see the value in it. It's really just, you know, you can give someone your whole system, whatever you've built for whoever you help, for whoever your avatar is. And what they need is the chat every week or month with yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, like how often before, I, I like, I'm sure you've done this as well, but I've bought a good few courses before that was yeah. just like, okay, here's your login and here's the videos. And I never logged in. I might have logged in once, had a quick look through, but I never actually completed it. Or, you know, I bought loads of, you know, physical books or like a, a manuscript or something. And it was never implemented because there was no accountability or structure. Have you ever done that before? Oh, too many times, too many times. And then like you get bonuses. You're like, oh my God, I'm getting all these bonuses. And then you're like, yeah. <laughs> I remember I bought like, um, you know, Rudy Mayer. Mm -hmm. I bought one of his courses before. That was the one I was thinking of. Yeah, I got his like, yeah. you know, it was $97. Got, USB as well. Oh, really? I didn't get well, that. I got, I got uh, that was from the bonuses. You know, you get the course and you get all of this stuff on USB. The USB is unopened in my room. I gave it to my brother. I was like, here, open that. He's obviously never opened it as well. Yeah. Um, and I've maybe gone through 2% of what's on that, if even. Obviously, when I first got it, I watched a few videos. But then you're like, there's no one holding my hand here. There's no one in my ear every mm -hmm. day. Um, on that point, this is an interesting one. I haven't started yet. I just got it yesterday on Audible. Um, now, one of my favorite books when I like started even getting into kind of like all this stuff like six, seven years ago, yeah. it was weirdly enough, like the 10 times drill by Grant Cardone, right? Yeah, I've I read that, yeah. I think it's so simple. It's kind of the Alex Hermosi approach where like he just tells you things that are so simple that you're just like, you know what, Grant? Fair enough. Mm -hmm. right but he did an uh, audible original that just got released a month and a half ago i don't know if you've seen it the 10 times mentor okay it's follow along so i haven't actually listened yet so i could have got the wrong interpretation of it but i had a few credits spare so i said i'll grab it anyways but he's nice. basically follow along for like a month and he kind of gives you the run through of like you know this is what i do and i like that kind of approach where you have someone like as a mentor in your ear mm -hmm. and obviously if you haven't, if anyone listening to this hasn't seen it, it's phenomenal. I haven't watched the last few episodes. I watched the first few though. Um, he was on Undercover Billionaire on the Discovery Channel and he just went from literally a nobody to building a business on paper worth $5.5 million in 90 days. And he was like, oh fuck, okay, this can be done kind of thing. Um, So he kind of, I haven't started that yet. I'll probably start it. Like, I don't want to take in too much information at the time. I don't like to know mm -hmm. anymore. So I'll probably finish the Tony event give it a week of just like trying to implement whatever happens there. And then I'll give that a listen. I'll just let you know how it goes. But it's on, it's on Audible there. And he, he did it just with them. So you can't get anywhere else. Nice. I'll definitely check it out. And with the Tony Robbins event, um, I think I've seen the online one. Is that the Time to Thrive one with Dean yeah. Graziosi? Yeah. yeah. Nice. And the in-person events, like I've, I've watched a lot of videos mm. on YouTube. I'd say like most people have seen yeah. Robbins. I think 
most people would probably know him from that film, the one with Jack Black. I, I can't remember what it was called, but he was basically oh. Jack Black played this guy who had super high standards and like he didn't want to go out with any women unless they were like 12 out of 10 and just ridiculous <laughs> standards. And Tony Robbins in the film like hypnotized him. Yeah. And yeah, it's very funny. I can't remember what it was called though. I forget the name, but he was also in The Simpsons as well, which is so funny. Did you ever see the character that made The Simpsons? And then he they he was in the boot and the car and all. They couldn't get rid of him. The CD was playing constantly. I think it was Homer started playing the CD or something. Yeah. And Homer started like, you know, changing his life and then they couldn't get rid of him. They found out he was in the boot of the car. And obviously he was <laughs> like six foot seven. I can't even do his voice. It's so like it's like a smoker for four years. Yeah. But I reckon he's already touched a cigarette in his life. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I'd love to go to one of his in-person events. I love what he does. I think, like, he gets, for some reason, obviously anyone at that level is going to get some shade thrown at them, right? There's yeah. no people who are trying to tear them down. But one thing I love about Tony is that he, I could be getting these confused. I always get to make mix up my head. But he follows, like, a bottom-up approach, which is essentially working with the body and then trying to change. Like, he says it himself, it's, 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 um, it's, like, state, story, and then strategy. Yeah. Or, yeah, I think it's that way. Whereas normally people go, they tell themselves about the their story, then they try and come up with their strategy, and then they go for their state, which is impossible. That's not impossible, but it's so difficult to change. Like when you're trying to like rationalize with an emotion, it's very difficult because you know you you can't just think your think yourself out of like feeling a certain way. So if you change your state first, mm. you're giving yourself the blueprint to change. So I love wild Tony stuff. Like I think. Um, I was doing one of the exercises yesterday. Tony got people up for like half an hour doing all this stuff and he does it all the time. And Ryan knocked on my door and said, can I go in for a second? I said, Ryan, it's a very bad fucking time. No. Because <laughs> like I'm jumping up and down like doing all this mad stuff. And I had to Bio energetics. Yeah. And when people looked in the room, they would have been like, what is he doing? But I don't know. It's it's uh, a lot of state control stuff and it's it's awesome. Like it, if you do it, it just it's going to work. It just It's just basic physiology, but people don't do it enough. They try and like, you know, oh, we'll focus on like, what are the words? But Tony's like, get up, move. Now tell me. Now talk to me. Now let's anchor in this thought. Now think of this, think of that. And it's, it's all kind of like hypnosis and NLP in a way, but it's really fucking cool. And mm. I have all the time in the world for, for that fella. Yeah, it makes sense. Like, it's something that I actually do myself and I implement it with clients as well. Like, um, usually if I notice myself, like that my energy is, let's say, five out of 10, or like before I do a session with most clients, I'll always ask like, you know, what's your energy level today on a scale of one to 10? And if it's below like a, a six or below a seven, uh, usually start off with bioenergetics and literally, like you said, just jumping up and down and like getting like really loose and like just letting everything go. And like, you look like an absolute crazy person, but when you do that for even like 30, 60 seconds, like you have to, unless you've done it, you won't like believe the difference. Like, cause it, obviously it looks crazy, but when you do it, it just brings your energy up so much. Yeah, and then when you when you stop doing it, you forget how powerful it is. Because mm-hmm. I I would have like stopped doing it for a while. I would have done it every day. Like state control was so important. But then when you stop doing it, you realize Jesus, like it re- like ninety percent of how I feel is based on the state I'm in, based the physical based based on the physical state I'm in. Mm-hmm. Like it's like I I've never had and like not necessarily maybe like a self critical thought, but I've never had like a negative thought about anything that's happening in my life when I'm like playing football. Yeah, true. my focus and my state are completely diverted from it you know i'm hardly running around the football pitch chasing someone going 
oh geez i can't wait like oh x y and z i might be like oh shit that should have been a better pass or oh shit i should have saved that because the goalkeeper yeah. whatever it was but um yeah like and then you, you realize how powerful it's like jason capital is someone who used to like do all the, like you know barking and stuff and then elliot holds he's gone a bit off the walls yeah but, elliot i used to follow elliot back in the day like 2012 2013 that's yeah. who i got the bioenergetic stuff yeah. from initially but yeah as you said I don't know. He's he's changed. Yeah, he's, he's gone a bit. Yeah. He's gone a bit new age, spiritual, and, and wacky and stuff. But like each to their own, you know. Like I'm like, hey, listen, do do what you need to do for you. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really. It's just um, when you're in that state, when you're doing something, you're just super. You're present in the moment, and there's you're not thinking about past or future, and you're literally just in that moment in in pure presence. And yeah, it's such a powerful thing. And is that something that you? would focus on a lot, you know, with your clients, especially that you're working with, with now, like trying to get them do those, like implementing different things to help them get them in the right state of mind to allow them to feel present and all the benefits that that brings. Yeah, hundred percent. So when I worked with, like for a while, I just worked with men. I just worked with men who were like in their late thirties to early fifties, who just felt kind of that they were losing their their mojo essentially this didn't feel like the man they were and mm-hmm. with them this was about two years ago we focused on a lot of like high um i guess high frequency state control is the way i describe it like this is people getting people like you know almost feral in a bad sense not a bad sense but like these are men who just felt the flight itself i give them like an ounce of of masculine energy in some way that would be very like x y and z whereas now with the women we can change the state but most of the time it's not necessarily getting them hyped it's getting them just to think on on, on gratitude and memories and, and things and moments of delight that they're proud of as mm-hmm. well as doing some some breath work around that and some releases some somatic stuff um which is just reframing but it's a somatic reframing so for men it'll be very much like like you know words like certainty like um power control stuff like that whereas for the women masculine traits yes exactly whereas for the women it would be more so um like gratitude connection love all of those kind of uh, all of those are the um emotions and words are what we kind of focus on more so so 100 percent. i think you know if i start a session with someone and sometimes we might just do like a session on belief or whatever it may be um and i might do a little bit of guided meditation a little bit of um somatic stuff some tapping or whatever comes up on the day a bit of um is it emdr is it uh emdr is the eye movement the oh yeah what's what's the tap there's a specific emotional emotional freedom technique is nick ortner who kind of put it together a lot Mm -hmm. of people use it now um but that's fantastic i find there's so many different like little things like that 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 work so well um to to just bring someone's baseline anxiety levels down so I, if i have someone who has a lot of anxiety in their system i want to get into their body but i don't want to peak their anxiety i don't want to put more adrenaline and cortisol into the system and i know like you can reframe that in the moment and say you're not you're not anxious you're just certain and excited but mm-hmm. to someone who is highly anxious that's really from my experience and it's not going to help them what does help them is almost calming their nervous system true movement so again, the movement, as I said, for men is more like get the nervous system um, upregulated, whereas for women that I work with, it's getting it downregulated. So tapping is a nice way to get back into the body. And we just do that with some, some mantras and stuff like that. And it looks, again, if you haven't seen it before, it looks stupid or it looks mad, um, but it works. It's one of them things like it's, it works. 
Mm-hmm. Try yeah. it. And like it worked. It's, it's like, say, as you said about Tony earlier, you're like, what is he doing? Try it. It works. It works wonders. Yeah. I think that's the first step, isn't it? Is that, you know, we all have, whether we want to admit to it or not, we all have an ego that works as a self-defense defense mechanism. And it's like one of those defense mechanisms that we don't want to feel stupid. So that puts up a wall of being like, oh, that looks stupid. I'm not going to try it. But when you let that wall come down, you actually try it. And uh, yeah, a lot of these things work really well. And um, shout out to my, uh, my physio, John Shevlin, back in Dublin. He's the one that actually introduced me to, to tapping. And like a lot of those different kind of uh, nervous system, like resets almost as a way to like kind of reconnect and bring, you know, get yourself out of that fight or flight mode. And yeah, it's really cool. Um, so there are like a few of the, the practical things that you would actually use um, to help get into, you know, just a more present state of mind. Um, you know, there's a good few of them that you went there, went through. So guided meditation, the tap in, um, gratitude, uh, you know, even just going back into like memories. And so there, that's a lot of like practical, you know, useful things that, you know, you can use. Um, obviously movement is, is another, you know, practical one as well. So when it comes to movement, are you focusing more like on, you know, doing like, yoga style stretching or more like high intensity workouts or cardio or like what do you find have someone who's in a more like let's say anxious state to to feel a bit better yeah normally it's gentle movement now you can get someone strength training but sometimes their nervous system can't handle it so for them it's mostly i find movement like even walking outside is fantastic like something where i can get someone to reconnect and what I will say to them is intentionally take your walking speed and half it because a lot of people will just want to walk to the place they know they're walking to and walk home. And that's yeah, my walk. Home, done. Yeah. That's my walk done. But I, this isn't like, there's no, there's no reason for walking. Like you can walk around your house one lap and it be, or if you can do it around the block and that's more impactful and beneficial to your nervous system than just you know walking to this point and walking back as quick as you can for me it's not about like the, the movement will still burn calories right for me it's not about how many calories it burns and how if, for the people i work for the women i work with anyways it's about just bringing their body back to a place where they feel like they can move and can do all these things again and want to do all these things because you know yourself if you build self-efficacy in one area it kind of snowballs and, and goes into other areas yeah, so a lot of time reason. you know it can just be walks but it's walks with intentions but sometimes the intention is to not have an intention if that makes sense it's just to be present it's just to you know stay outside it could be if you want if you have a greenery outside your house do that if you want to be hippie like i love just take the feet just take the feet out and do some grounding just feel what it is wiggle the toes around and all we're trying to do is get people to a position or a place where they can act from without kind of having any, any bounce back. So yeah, a lot of movement is, is, is that, but then there's also some people who are, you know, love the, love the strength training and X, Y, Z. And ideally that's the place we get everybody to. Yeah. So if someone comes to me week one, that's not the place they're in, but week 12, because I know the benefits it will have. Yeah. Just a gradual progression. And, um, this isn't my line, but I heard this from, from one of my uh, coaches that I worked with in the past. And I think he got it from his meditation teacher. But 
we're called human beings, not human doings. Yes. <laughs> so just being, you know, is like what we're, what we should be all about. And I think we get caught up so much in the rat race of like constantly like, oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. And I need to hit X, Y, Z goal in this time frame. And I need to, you know, and then that's, that's literally upregulating your nervous system going from, you know, parasympathetic to that sympathetic tone and fight or flight mode. And, you know, it brings up your subjective stress levels. And then before you know it, you're on the path to burnout and you feel miserable and then your mental health takes, you know, and it's just like one thing after another. Um, so yeah, it's just like maybe a downward spiral for sure. And I, I, I'd be, it would be remiss for me to sit here and like say that doesn't happen to me. Like, I think that happens to all of us where at some page we'll just get completely overwhelmed and we'll know we're upregulating ourselves and you almost can't control it. Mm-hmm. So like things that I've helped with that when I get to them are like check-ins throughout the day. Like I'll have reset blocks where I do nothing other than take a few minutes to tap. And like with something that's, I mean, in the body, Sometimes I won't even have an intention for it. I'll just do it, you know, because sometimes I find as well, when you're trying to firefight and you know, you're trying to firefight, you get frustrated. You're like, why, why did I even get in this position in the first place? Mm-hmm. Oh, I got myself stressed. And now I have to get myself unstressed. Be stressed. Yeah. It's like, sometimes you leave your, your headphones in, in your pocket and you don't do anything. They get, they get, they get tangled. It is what it is. You, you know what I mean? Just, just bear with it. Detangle them. They'll be fine in a second. Um, so yeah, that's something like I'm like, yeah, we all we all we're all guilty of that. No one's sitting here. Well, I mean, maybe, maybe Shaolin monks or Tibetan monks are sitting there and just chill and zen. Maybe not Shaolin monks, they're warriors, Tibetan monks. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas yeah, like we're firefighting as we don't like firefighting, but like we all have to do it at time from time to time. Yeah, definitely. I think somebody's trying to break in there. I don't know what the story is. <laughs> They've definitely got the wrong house. Um, but yeah, I think just having those you know, having that basic strategy of, of knowing that like, okay, I can do some gratitude. I can slow down on purpose when I go out for a walk, I can do all of these different things. And I know that most likely after I've implemented them, then I'm going to feel a lot, feel a lot better after it. And, uh, I have no idea who's outside. <laughs> He's persistent, but I'll give him that. Uh, I don't have anything due. I don't haven't ordered anything. So I don't know what the story is. <laughs> Um, but yeah, like just having that simple strategy, I think knowing how to get yourself out of that, you know, super, you know, high, you know, toned like fight or flight mode back to a, a position where you are more relaxed is, is really powerful. So it's really cool to hear that, you know, that's, would you say that's a kind of a cornerstone of, you know, your coaching and the program that you implement is that really empowering your clients with all of that. So then when they do finish up, they'll know exactly how to continue on with that. Yeah, hundred percent. I think giving yourself even uh, an ounce of control of your nervous system is a superpower, but mm-hmm. I, you know, I I'm quick to tell people you can't control your nervous system. Like you can, you can't as in there will be times where, as I said, you can get completely, you know, deregulated. Your nervous system is trying all over the place, but that's fine. That's normal. You're allowed to feel that way. Um, what normally happens though is people just have no way of controlling it. If you're uh, a subjective, you know, in terms of your own stress levels or anxiety levels, like an eight out of 10, if we can even bring you down to a seven, that's a win. Mm. That's a win in my books, you know, <clears throat> instead of that going or stopping it from going any higher. So, you know, it's not like we have these tools and you just do them and you don't feel anxious anymore. 
but what you do is you kind of build momentum in the direction that you want to go and that's that's um all you need to do so yeah those those techniques are part of part of every session because it's like for the first time i know you talked we talked about earlier like you know feeling silly doing something i remember seeing wim hoff <laughs> i never even introduced wim the man <laughs> yeah and i was like that that isn't for me you know not for me um and i remember doing it the first time going whoa remember the exact time i was like whoa this feeling is crazy and then i i got my brother to maybe a year and a half ago two years ago and i go i know it looks stupid you have it's 11 minutes this video it's only a couple of rounds mm-hmm. try it and let me know how you feel afterwards because you can't fake feeling no and he just goes that's crazy you know sometimes even though we know it feels good it's, it's still hard to like actually do it like i know i feel amazing afterwards but like you know i haven't done that in, in months um i do other stuff but like i haven't done that in months um but it's the same thing with with, with all of these techniques like try them and the feeling you get it's the same thing like some things aren't meant to be described they're meant to be felt Mm -hmm. and the spent the the sense of calm you'll see your nerve like there's so many signs of a nervous system down regulating a yawn is one of them a sigh is one of them a deeper breath is one of them all of these things, you know, you'll see a bit of more of your vision starts to open up a little bit. You get a little more panoramic view and you'll see those things. You go, Oh shit, my body's. And then that can kind of cause a positive feedback loop where you're like, cool. So yeah, the, the, um, techniques are like paramount to what I do. We have to do them every session because we have to get someone feeling first, feeling mm-hmm. their body, get them out of their head. And then we work from there. Okay, cool. You're kind of, kind of regulated now. That's fine. We'll work from there. Now we'll talk about, okay, exercise and stuff and nutrition during the week. Because otherwise, like, oh, well, you know, you know yourself, you know. I'm overwhelmed. I've got, I can't yeah. do this because of X, Y, Z. Yeah, you're going to think I'm, you're going to think I'm the worst client ever. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you know, they have people almost like, you know, yeah. feeling guilty if they don't do that. It's like, you don't get me wrong. You are there as a source of accountability, but accountability just doesn't mean point and, and, and mm-hmm. um, can, like, you know, condemn exactly. or condescend. Don't do this. Why do this? It's dude, we're on the same side of the, the fence here. Work with me. Yeah, we're on the same team. I'm going to help you to work through this for sure. Yeah, that's that's super important. I think um, I think that's a big misconception that a lot of people have, um, especially, you know, if they're thinking about working with someone in some capacity, especially like a personal trainer or, you know, someone like yourself or someone like me, that they think that it's going to be, you know, this is all your fault. And as you said, pointing the finger and shouting abuse and stuff like that. And unfortunately, the reason that a lot of people have that kind of, you know, perception is because that's how they've been treated in the past from maybe colleagues at work, their teachers in school. Um, I had one client recently uh, join up and I can't remember the exact words, but she was basically telling me that she was working with this guy um, and around Christmas time, I'll have to paraphrase, but he, he basically said something along the lines of, you don't want to be fat for the rest of your life. But he had a few curse words in there as well. And something like really demeaning and like horrible. And, and she was telling me that, you know, as soon as that happened, she was like, okay, I think we'll have to, we'll have to finish it up. And I was like, that was, I'm not that surprised, but it's such an unprofessional thing to do and so like not the right way to go about it because as you said like when you're working with someone as a coach we're on the same team i'm here to help you to work through this difficult period whether it's you know you're busy with your kids or busy with work or whatever it may be and you're just we're there as a helping hand 
to give you that support, not to point the finger, you know. But yeah, I think it's a it's an important thing to address because um would you say you've talked to a lot of people who have that similar kind of perception of like what accountability looks like? Yeah, hundred percent. Um, and don't get me wrong, like that 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 is a tactic that can work, but it'll only work with a certain demographic of people. Yeah, it's not something I'd ever recommend. Like you can focus on moving away from pain or towards pleasure as the saying goes i always focus on towards pleasure sometimes away from pain can be a good motivator but it's the way in which you do it you can tell someone to this or that to that or you can you know find another way to tell them you know the pain is coming up you can say that you can just give examples they might talk of like you know medical conditions and then you can just say well do you want to feel this way forever it's just something you want to move away from it sounds like this brings you a lot of pain instead of saying yeah you're this you're this you're that like, do you want to be like that forever? Like, you know, there's a very subtle way in which you can have the exact same effect without need to be a dickhead, essentially. And that's kind of why, like, I don't consider myself, you're probably the same, like a personal trainer anymore. No. We're kind of like holistic coaches. That's kind of the way I describe it. Like, and I think once you take a holistic approach, there's no going back. You're never going to go back to just going through. You can you can still train people in person because I'm like, I'm like yourself. We both love movement. And we'll still get a kick out of training people. But that's like a smaller part of what we do. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I think just going back to that point about, you know, people who are like, it's like the carrot or stick analogy. Yeah. So people who use the stick to be people, uh, you know, that is a strategy that can work. But in my experience, it's very short-sighted because you can only keep beating somebody for so long and they might stick to whatever you're giving them training wise or food wise for six months or a year or two years but eventually then it becomes unsustainable and then they end up really uh not enjoying what they're doing they end up hating it they end up not liking that person obviously because they're super mean to them and then they end up just going back into old habits and then that puts them in that yo-yo cycle of now being feeling even more demotivated because they've gone through this really stressful time and then all the results that they might have got, you know, they may be, you know, if someone wants to lose, like, let's say 20 pounds or two dress sizes, they lost it and then they gained it back. And then some because of now all that extra stress on the nervous system and just a traumatic experience in general. So it's, yeah, it's not a good strategy at all. Um, yeah, I think coaches don't realize the trauma that they can inflict mm -hmm. on, on, their, on their clients. Like, I know you mentioned the carrot and stick there. Like, you know, when some people was like, well, you know, I don't want the carrots. Like, it's, there's nothing wrong with the carrots. Just you don't have the person hungry enough yet. You don't have them in a position where they believe they can go to where not the grass is greener. The grass is greenest where you water, as they say, but they can go to that positive future. And maybe the image of where you're telling them or towards pleasure just isn't crystal clear enough for them to go. Yeah, that's somewhere I can go to. Because if you go to someone who's had years of trauma and years of, you know, people telling you the word lesson to say, oh, there, there's a time, you know, not too far from now where you don't feel this way. They'll say that doesn't motivate me because I can't see myself being that person. But if you work on a lot of state change and I do a little bit of hypnosis and we do all that stuff where we just basically, in other words, it's like a form of guided meditation. If I was in person with someone, you can do a little bit more stuff, um, but that's fine. You can really do a lot of belief change there. And then they go, you know what? Yeah, that's something I can be. Uh, Tony's awesome at it again. Tony's awesome. But I think that's a good point. You're a master. People don't realize the people don't realize that, you know, like I think coaches are what I mean. Coaches don't realize like the person that they're getting is a, like, you know, that turns up 
to them is a multifaceted being. Of course, they have goals, but they also have their traumas, their history, everything that's made them who they are. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying as a coach, you need to work through all of them with someone. That's not our job. But our job is to be aware to the best of our abilities <clears throat> and just not make anything worse. Definitely. Mm-hmm. That's like a no, that's like a non-negotiable. That's like the lowest barrier entry here. Don't make yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I think just having the awareness of it is the biggest thing. And a lot of it comes with maturity. Uh, Cause I know for myself, you know, when you first start out yourself training or working with clients initially or helping people towards their goal, all you're thinking about is, okay, let's do this training plan and let's do this food plan. Yeah. And as you said earlier, like that's a very small portion. That's maybe like 20 or 30% you know, and, and over time, I think, you know, I know for me anyway, like after I uh, worked with a counselor for like over a year and then really started to take a deep dive into my own mental health and asking myself the question of, you know, why do I feel depressed? Why do I feel anxious? Why am I, you know, implementing different behaviors that are like numbing myself when it comes to, you know, drinking or whatever it may be. And when you take that deeper dive yourself, then that gives you like such a better perspective and then you realize like oh the training and food side of things is like very small portion because unless you can help someone build that awareness around their own traumas and how that affects them and help them to understand why they feel a certain way and why they're stressed you know then nobody's going to change until you work on every aspect um and obviously though it's important to realize we only have a skill set in a particular department and I think it's really important to, if someone needs to work on their mental health, like I'd always like prioritize that and be like, look, I'd be happy to work with you, but I think you'd be better served working with, you know, this mental health professional to work through these different things first, instead of, you know, I think no one went to refer out, I think is a, is a good, good skill. Yeah. Yeah. That's big. Like, you know, my, like a lot of my techniques are just to help someone regulate for what we do moving forward. We don't, yeah. work through, we don't work through things like we're not meant to work through things we can do some belief work um it's a basic you know reframing but outside of that knowing when to refer and having people at your disposal who you trust to refer to is also um they're part of your part of your extended team in many ways they may not work directly with you um but having them is, is cool because you you then can have like a referral system in other words where they refer people to you and you refer people to them so that's like a nice thing to have as, as a business owner as well is like well these don't really fit into my niche of what i do it's outside my scope of practice but then the other thing can, the exact opposite could happen where someone could go to a mental health professional that you know and they're looking to more so now that they've worked through a lot of things improve their relationship with their body heal their relationship with food and that's things that you know we we, we cover anyway so yeah i think no one went to refer is big and not taking on too much as well because you can think as a coach you have to kind of solve everything just solve yeah. what you're focusing on and then you know something solved themselves in the background as well and you're like whoa that's crazy we just did a bit of this and some of this is cleared up for you that's fantastic mm-hmm. you know yeah, absolutely yeah i think like a lot of people initially will come to someone like us and the way i look at myself is that i'm kind of just like showing you the path and like here's what you can potentially do but at the end of the day i'll be there to support you but you're the one that has to walk the path and that you know the further that a person walks down it 
then you know they start to peel back the layers of the onion and then maybe over time they realize like oh yeah maybe i do need to go more in this direction of you know my mental health or more in this direction of working on whatever it may be you know it's different for everybody of course um but yeah it's all super really uh interesting stuff um and it'd be good to like switch gears for a second away from you know the work side of things and uh like outside of work what would you say is like your main passion or the things that you love to you know spend your time mostly doing i love cooking like i fucking love cooking like being like half italian like we just grew up with food constantly yeah. whenever i go away on holidays we just get force fed until we just came back as fat little babies which we did <laughs> it was definitely a fat little baby for a long time and then obviously like i grew up above a chipper as well one of the kids so i had a i had you know, a hyper palatable diet for a long time. And I loved it. It was beautiful. It was fantastic. Um, but not something you'd keep up necessarily <laughs> into your adulthood. You know, you start, yeah. start eating like a little bit more like an adult, whatever that means. Um, so cooking is a big one, you know, like cook or bake or um, do something every day. Like I'll bake focaccia or fresh bread pretty much every day. I find it to be therapeutic. Um, I have a starter in the <laughs> fridge at the moment. I'm going to go add some take it out add some flour to it fill up the starter again i always have some bread going um love love sports like i've i love watching sports as well as a fan big fan of mma big fan of darts is another big one football um and then playing instruments i'm getting there like i play guitar a bit played a couple of years now um you can play um, the mandolin for yourself when you're in the bath with the candles yeah, that's <laughs> what you're, you're giving me ideas here and I'll, I'll get a little i get a little mandolin but I have a little three-quarter size guitar, so it actually probably would fit in the bath with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they're, they're things I love. And I also love marketing. Like I know it's business related, but like, you know, outside of that, I just love seeing marketing. I love like what I mean by that is I guess I love um I love the psychology of human nature, which is something like I've I read about all the time. I love kind of what makes people tick and what kind of makes people um what makes people act so like a lot of behavioral psychology um and what we can do not to influence behavior but i just love more observing it uh, at large and seeing what happens and then i love reality tv like an example of that is i fucking enjoyed love island i that's my guilty pleasure i love love nice. island <laughs> but that for me i look at that and i look at that in terms of like you know the not the drama i'm yeah. just like oh this is what i would have done or oh this makes sense as to why this happened and no you're obvious this is obviously going to happen no and you can see people <clears throat> walking themselves into positions into traps and you're like ah for fuck's sake so that like that's they're all things that 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 get me going um i love a good rave as well i love a good rave Um, i'm always i'm partial to one myself yeah (laughs) not as much anymore but there was more than a few before yeah i haven't been to rave in in ages now but um yeah i love a good rave for for now and then i feel like it rejuvenates the soul and i think the biggest thing is like you know i've gone to raves completely sober as well the that's the somatic release that's that's why people find it so so um i think so therapeutic because some people like talk about raves as therapeutic and like people who don't go to them or don't understand are like what the how is it therapeutic it is when you're there from like some nights that i went to in amsterdam like you literally get to the event at 12 and you'd be there till seven and it's the same thing as like when you're training or playing football or whatever it's like you're so present in the moment like for those six or seven hours you're not thinking about 
oh, like I forgot to do this thing or, you know, when I did this presentation three years ago, I messed up my words and everyone was like looking at me funny or, you know, you, like you don't have that like anxiety. Well, I know I don't anyway. And a lot of people probably don't as well. And it's like anything that helps you get into the really present state is like super powerful. So yeah, it's great. And obviously like, I mean, if you can do it while being sober, that's great. I mean, if you enjoy a few drinks or whatever, like it's no problem with that either. Like, but yeah. whatever works best for you. But yeah, I think having that time out is super important because it's so easy to get caught up in just always like always being goals focused is, I mean, it's great to do that, but it's like, it takes a toll when it's, if that's all that you do, you know? hundred percent. Like, I think you need to always have a goal, but like, you know what I mean? Like it's a Saturday evening. It doesn't need, to, I can, it yeah. can wait until Monday or it can wait until whenever. Um, Cause I felt victim to that for a long time where I was like, I wouldn't get to switch off. Or if I was switching off, I wasn't present at all. I'd be like, okay, I can't wait until this is done. I'm leaving at this time. So I go home to sleep for this time. Then I'm awake at this time. And then when I'm awake, I'm going to do this, this time. And that wreaked havoc with me for a long time. So mm -hmm. having the, wear it all just to again that is a form of self-regulation just going it's fine not that we sweep it under the rug and we'll deal with it tomorrow kind of thing but in a way where it's like it's fine that i'm not thinking about it right now i don't have to feel guilty when i think about it and the biggest thing is i don't feel like i'm playing catch-up when i go back to it yeah which is like it's just it's left off where it is um mm -hmm. yeah so again, they're all things they're all things i enjoy doing Nice. Yeah. An analogy. I like to use analogies for, for everything. It just, for my brain, I don't know. It just works well, but like on that same point of what you said, like the way I look at things is like, it's like a staircase. It's like every, every step that you take in the right direction, it, you know, is another step up and you're always like leveling up and the staircase is literally just like, there's no end to it. And so like it's very easy to get caught up in that of like oh like if i'm not always doing something it's like then like what's the point but when you when you look at it like that of like okay like i did you know these five amazing things monday through friday and i know that from my gratitude you know journal that i did this morning or whatever so that's five steps i've taken in the right direction like so then it's no problem for me to switch off today and tomorrow and i'll get back to it on monday and then i'll just keep moving on up you know one thing at a time um and kind of on that point of what you were saying about you know having some like struggles in the past with that of like not being able to switch off like what do you feel are like some other like struggles or dark times that maybe you experienced that like at the time was painful but now looking back actually turned out to be you know a really positive turning point in your life yeah well like you know i'm quite open with this the start of last year in february last year i in other words, had like a nervous breakdown based on, based on my work output. And I'm not saying I was here working at the Swanee. It's more so I never switched, switched off mentally. Um, and I just started to start having panic attacks and, 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 you know, I've never had, never had a panic attack before then until that point, or looking back, I maybe have had one where I had a bad experience with weed, um, which was what I'd say would have been a panic attack looking back on it. But I started having panic attacks, getting anxious, um, and it all stemmed from, from work. It all stemmed from pressure on myself to perform. It stemmed on that pressure also coming from unconsciously or subconsciously 
comparing myself to where I think I should be compared to where others are, compared to where people my, my age are, compared to what I believed I should do in life and what I should get out of life and what life should give me. So there's a lot of like rigmarole to that and how we kind of got there. But long story short, um, I was left in a complete days i started getting crazy anxiety symptoms um i couldn't i was agoraphobic for a while meaning i couldn't leave my house um and these are things what's that, that term i haven't heard of it before uh, agoraphobia a-g-o or a phobia agora um where essentially you you can't you can't but you feel like you can't and i mean again the feelings sometimes they do lie but yeah. what i mean by the feelings don't lie is that it feels real so you know mm-hmm. if you're in an anxious state you're buying it you know um so you know if i got i could only get a certain distance from my house and then i'd start feeling panicked and sometimes i would have a panic attack and my panic attacks um i had two bad ones one i ended up in a e for last year um basically you know i had to rebuild from that so with all of that there's things i've never ever experienced before and when people would meet me at the surface They'd say, oh, you're very chill and X, Y, Z. And to be honest, I present that way all the time anyways. But what was going between my head? It's not that I was constantly like, um, oh my God, I feel so anxious. I just like, folks, like this problem needs to be solved. This problem needs to be solved. And having ADHD as well, that would make that so much worse. I just try and solve every problem in my head constantly. And I'd have so many things juggled in my mind. So that forced me to essentially take a massive step back from the point of everything was going the best it's ever been on paper, in theory, to everything collapsing and me not being able to work, me not being able to get on a Zoom call because I'd start panicking and dissociating. And I get really bad like derealization, depersonalization. The only way I can describe depersonalization is if you have ever had a bad experience with, with drugs before, it's like you're having a bad trip, but you haven't taken anything. So you're so confused and then you start panicking because like, why am I like this? I'm, I'm, I'm sober. So that all happened in February of 2021, which is 18 months ago or so. And I couldn't properly leave my house until maybe August. So I had a good six months of barely being able to, to leave my house. I could, I could, but I'd have to be sheltered or I'd have to get a bus here or this and that. Um, which was crazy. Like it's, it's mad. Um, so that completely flipped. And that's when I started, decided to change avatar because for one said, like, I felt like I, I understood, like I'd always say like, and I would feel anxious. I'm not saying like I used to say I felt anxious, but I didn't. But then when you get diagnosed with anxiety disorder, it's night and day. You can't get away from it. So when I had panic disorder. I had anxiety disorder. I say I had, like I'm still working through them, but they're not really an issue anymore. Mm-hmm. You then start to understand, okay, there's so many people that go through this. And a lot of the time, they might be as acute as I was at the time. They might just kind of be coming through, but they don't necessarily need just training and exercise or and nutrition. So I started to kind of reframe my model. I got big into trauma work. Um, I know you're interested in that stuff too. Um, yep. Peter Levine stuff. Um, then through all that, we kind of came up with all of these, kind of reframed my whole approach to what I do. And I have to also 
essentially take stock of my whole life and where it was going and the trajectory it was on and repicture that completely and also have a sit down with myself and repaint like where does I want to go but also like who I am as a person so like I had to kind of reinvent my identity and lean into things that I wouldn't have you know leaned into before parts of my personality uh and one of the big ones was letting go of you know any anything any images or any issues I had surrounding my body because for a while and still now it's difficult but I do it I, I couldn't really train so you know I just sat there and for a while my appetite was gone thankfully came back and then I was moved I was eating but not really able to to move when i moved for too long i get dizzy like vertigo almost where i literally fall over or i'd feel faint but you know yourself when your blood, blood pressure is up you're not gonna faint <laughs> um so the happy that then i'd panic when my heart rate got over a certain amount so there was so much work that kind of went show that now we're about 18 months into it now and it's still not gone but it's in a position where i can live my life again i can go travel and stuff like that and there's a cool there's one guy because i remember you know who suffered something um similar and he has a kind of page he's from dublin i don't know if you've ever seen it he's on youtube as well he's called um, from panic to paris okay i haven't heard of him he's a guy basically kind of went through something similar with the agoraphobia and panic disorder and i got lucky you know uh, in my eyes he didn't leave his house or his estate for 10 years oh my god that's and then one day one day kind of just went mad and went for a run and just kept on running and felt like he was going to die and all these things. And it's hard to describe those things to people because you're like, you know, if I say that to someone, if I would have said that to myself two years ago before this happened, I would have been like, what are you talking about? Yeah. But experience is, is uh, and perspective is, is king. It's like, yeah, fuck. Like, I understand what that feels like now. I understand what it feels like to have, feel like you're having a heart attack when you're not. And then being in A&E, anxiously waiting to tell them what's wrong with you having health anxiety for a while because when you don't know you start coming up with your own ideas of what's happening or maybe i have a, a brain tumor or these symptoms are so weird so i went to get mris and all that bollocks on and mm-hmm. long story short we're we're off the other end of it now but it's nice to have that experience in a weird way that's the positive yeah to take that forward to clients and understand when they say you know i'm too anxious to get out of bed today you know, don't get me wrong. I, I'll challenge any thought because we should challenge any thought, but there's challenging and then there's like understanding as well. So you can challenge a thought, but if yeah. not, you know what I mean? Like, absolutely. Um, there's knowing when to not push and knowing when to not push is massive. The probably my biggest takeaway because before it'd be like, I don't, it doesn't matter how I feel. I can push, but your body as the saying goes, your body keeps the score and your body's way more intelligent than you are. So mentally, you may feel fine, but your body knows. And that's what kind of started my first panic attack looking back because I felt fine mentally. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't feel stressed. I'm grand. But my body, my body was like, I'm way ahead of you, dude. Yeah. I'm way ahead of you. You know, you have some work to do. So we're going to give you a lesson right now. And it did. And as much as the pain there was and still is a time to time, I'm grateful that it happened. Yeah. That's amazing, man. It's like really appreciate you you know having the the strength to be able to you know share that it's uh it's absolutely amazing and i think that'll be so it's so powerful and helpful um for both men and women but especially for men because i know personally you know allowing myself to be vulnerable and open up about struggling with 
you know, feeling depressed sometimes and feeling anxious and, you know, a lot of different things was probably like the hardest thing that I ever had to do. I know there's a lot of men who are in a similar situation where they feel like they can't open up or they can't be vulnerable because they have this preconceived notion that a man is someone who is strong, who is, uh, can handle everything themselves and they don't need help from anybody else. And, you know, that's obviously, you know, those traits are important, but then when you don't allow yourself to be vulnerable and you're carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders, it snowballs into, you know, something similar to, to what you've experienced. So yeah, thanks so much for sharing that. It's, it's really powerful. And, um, I think it's, it'd be also really helpful, you know, when it comes to a panic attack, I think I've experienced one before, but everyone probably has a different, you know, uh, idea of, of what that is, or for someone who hasn't, you know, had, or, you know, maybe experienced something like that before, like, how would you describe that feeling of, of a panic attack? Yeah. So the main difference here is that there's an anxiety attack and a panic attack. I think I've only had a few anxiety attacks but I've had many panic attacks, um, which is interesting because I'd say I've suffered more for anxiety throughout the day, but for a while, maybe I was in a state of a constant anxiety attack. Anxiety attacks would be slow building throughout the day and you'd feel yourself getting more and more stressed okay. to a point where you kind of look around and it's like, you play Call of Duty as a kid. Oh, like of course, right? the Santa like, wear a red suit. <laughs> <laughs> so it gets to a stage where you're so overwhelmed by your own thoughts and your body starts acting up on you, you start feeling sweaty, you start getting some palpitations or whatever it may be. And then it just, it's like someone dropped a flashbang. And you look around and everything starts to feel real slowed, but fast, but different. And that's kind of the anxiety attack. And that lasts a little bit longer, but it's not as intense as, as a panic attack. That's how I describe it anyways. Okay. The flashbang yeah. is really helpful. Yeah. yeah. Especially if you've played any type of, call of duty or war games you'll know exactly what that is yeah. like kind of haziness the way i describe it is, is it's as if you didn't actually hear the flash go off you just got landed in the flashing if that makes sense yeah whereas a panic attack it's like a grenade gets thrown at you i guess is another analogy i can use and it just it you see a grenade there and i guess if i told you there was an open pin grenade that just got rolled into your room how would you feel i'm gone <laughs> yeah so you want to but you can't move. That's kind of like a panic attack. You're sitting there. You're sitting there and you see it there. And <clears throat> what would happen is, for me, my vision would just completely come in and I get tunnel vision. Yeah. And then my heart would start beating and I'd feel it beating. And then I'd hear it beating in my ears. And I'd be like, oh, fuck. And then I'd start getting like pains as well. And then you know you're in it. So what do you do? You try and resist it. You try and fight it. Mm -hmm. That makes so, it worse. Of course. Of course. Because your body's like, okay, why am I afraid of this? Oh, shit, there's actually something to be afraid of now. Fuck. Mm -hmm. So it amplifies it. So, nor, and they come out of nowhere as well. I remember the worst one I got, which is the one that left me. Well, there's two. One left me in knee. And one just left me like bed bound for like literally bed bound for a week was I was cooking my dinner. And for a while, it's matter your brain has these associations. It's making prawns. I couldn't have prawns for eight months. Someone cooked them for me. 
but even looking at them would make me anxious. It's fucked how your, bro- like your body works. I think it's fascinating because like, I know, you know, rationally and logically that that's so stupid. But I understand why that's happened to some extent, why my brain's made a neural connection Actually. with those, that experience and, and, and what happened. So yeah. I was just cooking some prawns and then I start feeling like well, my vision essentially told me that that pan felt like well, I was looking at it through my depth perception your depth perception kind of goes when you're when you're in that state as well when you're in that really high in fire flight say mm-hmm. the pan was like 50 meters away from me it's hard to describe like it literally looked like it was it looked like I was looking down off my balcony towards the ground that's how far away it looks from my hand yeah. and of course when you see that I mean listen your your eyes are the only external part of your brain they are your brain so that's your signal that's going in you start going, what the fuck? You're making the lights up. You're like, what the fuck? So then, you know, that one led me to a position where, like, I got in the room. I had to take off all my clothes. This is so fun. I had to take off all my clothes because I was just sweating profusely. Mm-hmm. I was panicking. And then I was on the phone with someone, but I couldn't even hear what they're saying. I was like, oh, oh. And they're trying to, like, you know, calm me down. You know, give me some affirmations and stuff. But these were one of my first ones. And, yeah, it just, it just it's crazy. And then it, it, it kind of, it stops. But it doesn't stop. It just, you notice it shift, like we said, with the anxiety from the eight to the seven or the panic from the eight to the seven. Yeah. And it doesn't get any worse, but it's, it's horrific. It's, it's horrific. Um, what the, the best approach to any panic attack is, is that you have to be okay with allowing them to happen as exactly. awful as they are and almost attacking them before they happen. So if you feel panicked, bring it on. I want a panic attack. Come on, do your worst, mate. You know, it's a, like, that's kind of the approach. They say that that works. People are like, oh, hyperventilate and stuff. For a lot of people, sure, that are free to a straw, like a paper bag, the old school methods, they don't always work. Like, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes like you can think yourself into one, which means no matter how much you change your body, it's happening. So at that point, just burn off the excess adrenaline. You may feel like if I'm lying down, my heart rate's 130. The last thing I want to do is start running around the place no, lying down. not good not good at all <laughs> it's 130 mm-hmm. the last thing i want to do is get up and start shaking off this energy i'm like bro there's only so many more beats my heart can go yeah it's not going above 200 today you know i'm not doing sprints i'm just walking around my room so you do have to kind of burn off that energy because you know you can find peace in the fact that it is your nervous system and with your nervous system it's just depending on the state the nervous system is in so when you're that high, it's off the chain. You can't bring it back down. You got to kind of, the only way you bring it back down is by spending the energy. Mm-hmm. So you can do little things that help, but once you're in it, just know you'll be out of it in a, in a few minutes. But it does feel like, it feels like a lot longer time. But um, yeah. yeah, I don't know, that's my experience with them. And for a while I had about five a day. Wow. Um, more, sometimes more. I don't know what the most is I had in a day, um, but some days I, I go and I, I wouldn't have one. And I'm like, this is fucking amazing, but I couldn't get out of bed. So it's like, it's like kind of trade off where you couldn't do anything, but you didn't feel panicked. Mm-hmm. Then you have to learn to feel panicked and just be like, fuck it. I feel panicked. Fuck it. It's fine. So that's kind of my experience with, with them. And I, I think I, know, I haven't had one in months, but I have already haven't had one in six months, but it doesn't mean I won't have one. might have one again. You know, I had, I had literally a year of getting them every day. So I just know in the future it does happen. It doesn't mean they won't be as bad. It just, you kind of have even a little bit of reinsurance that you're not dying <laughs> and that you're not. That always helps. 
yeah so because like when you get that for the first time you do think like you are dying i'm like mm. why the fuck am i having it like at the time i was i think i was, was 23 yeah 23 why am i why am i um having a heart attack at 23 that's what you feel like and you're literally like your brain starts going places you're like like i have an image of me in like the hospital bed with my family surrounding me or in the in the like fucking like funeral home like it's crazy yeah. so yeah that's kind of my experience with, with panic and anxiety attacks and how i differentiate the two one's kind of more slow building throughout the day not as intense but it's still like you feel like you can't interact with the world around you it's hard to describe mm-hmm. because you're not in a different you're in a different state you're it's it's so weird whereas the panic is like that but it's way more intense the way more focused and you just yeah like when you're having a panic attack it's just it's a bad feeling it's not mm-hmm. a nice feeling to be fair there's there's some good interpretations of them online uh, like they're like simulations and that's exactly what it looks like so you know you can always do a little vr experience if you want but i wouldn't recommend it no. <laughs> not a nice feeling although if you ever get a chance to play vr star wars it's amazing because in the controller you press the button and the the lightsaber comes oh my god it's like if you're i'm a star wars nerd so maybe you're not like me but if you like star wars that's amazing in vr but that's obviously off the point um but coming back to what you said like uh i think especially as men like there's a a lot of shame wrapped up in it as well because you know when you have like when you have those preconceived notions i mentioned earlier of like if i am a man i have to be strong i have to you know be able to be independent all these things then i know for me i had a lot of shame surrounded around even that one panic attack that i had or feeling depressed or anxious because you feel like i shouldn't feel this way i do feel this way but i shouldn't and what the hell do i do about it and it's like you're stuck in this loop and it's like yeah it's really negative but when you get to work through that it's really powerful and um yeah there's a few things i can definitely relate to like uh when i had that panic attack it was like when i was literally at my worst towards the end of 2018 and i like walked into the bathroom and all of a, all of a sudden like that i just like felt a switch and like like as you said the heart my heart rate i don't know exactly what it was but it felt like it was at least 140 or 150 and I had only just walked to the bathroom and I ended up literally just sitting on the floor, like crying. <laughs> I'm sitting there with my hand in my head and like, what the hell is wrong with me? Like what, what is going on right now? And I think a big positive that I can take from that was that was literally the thing that really spurred me on to start working with a counselor because I'd already, my girlfriend had already suggested it to me and, uh, you know, I'd been kind of thinking about it for a few weeks, but then the ego came back and was like, ah, I don't need help or, you know, all that typical crap. And that was the thing that really spurred me on. So, you know, it's, I think it's powerful for, you know, when you can take a positive from what seems like an, an awful, you know, situation. Um, and you mentioned uh, the body keeps the score uh, by Bessel van der Kolk. Uh, pretty sure that's an amazing book on trauma. Um, are you familiar with Gabor Mate and, and his work? Yes, I am indeed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amazing. Uh, there, like, I think it's difficult because the science hasn't really caught up with what they're doing, and it won't for a very long time. Um, there's Dr. Maddie, there's Bessel, there's Peter Levine, there's a few others. Yeah, you mentioned Peter. I, I'm not sure if I've read some of his stuff, 
like his name sounds familiar, but I think he was maybe a co-author on some of Bessel's books. He would have been the co-author on but he keeps the scores as far as I'm aware. Yeah. And he there's a few other books he has on trauma. Walking the Tiger, I think it's Waking the Tiger. Okay. Um check that out. There's a few other ones, but yeah, I, I think their work is is, is ahead of the, the science the science. I think oh, it's, it's, so until, it's until you understand and I've experienced it to some extent. Mm-hmm. Um, that you understand how impactful that their work is because when you're in a state where you're, like you're that vulnerable, yeah. like you, you, there's nothing, there's there's not many people who are niche down enough to understand how to help people there. Um, but on going back to your point, kind of about men, mental health and how you know it can be difficult to speak up. I have a completely like alternate view on that. I think to be the strongest man possible, like I'd say to myself, like I couldn't. I think as men or as you know whatever it is if you're a masculine man or deep down not that that doesn't mean like a you know egotistical like maniac Mm -hmm. i think like more of like divine masculine you know i know it's new age spiritual to some people that's too waffy but what i mean by that is (laughs) you know a man who's calm collected but also understands you know certain roles that he has may or may not have to pursue if i want to be the best man possible of course i want to get my my ducks in order if I want to have a child, I couldn't have a child in that state. Not that I want to have a child. It's touch wood that doesn't happen anytime soon. Not in a bad way. Just a bit too young for that yet, Elan. Yeah. But what I mean is like, I, I'm not the best friend or the best older brother or the best son, you know, that I could be right now. Not even the best coach. I'm none of those things when I'm in that state. If I, if my, if my bike or a car breaks down, I go to a mechanic. If I feel like I'm just out of shape, I'll go to a, you know, like someone who helps me with that. They're all you as a man opening up and being vulnerable to the fact that I can't do this thing or not that I need help with this thing. It's probably a better way of putting it. So why is there some block when it comes to what's between your ears? Well, it's because it's an invisible enemy. And if it's an invisible enemy, that means I can't prove that it exists to somebody outside of myself. If I can't prove it, then it's not real. But of course it's real. It's the most real enemy there is in your life. So you're completely fine. And I say this to men, we're outsourcing other things to be able to help with. But the one thing that's most important, because you can't show it to other people. If I say I'm anxious as men, and I've had to learn to fight this as well, particularly years ago, until you experience, you understand. Oh, he's just, he's, he, like you almost dismiss it yeah like that, that's our that's our knee-jerk reaction which is mad and we don't talk about that enough our knee-jerk reaction is to almost dismiss the plight of other men mm-hmm. so you have to really do a lot of work to be able to overcome that i think that's oh, like your shadow presenting itself 100%. it's like oh you're anxious and depressed it's like just do x y and z duh but that's how we think as men you know problem solution but when this is a problem that there is no specific solution for like, you know, if you want to lean down, what are you doing? You're training more. You're increasing your step count. You're managing your calories. Yeah, there's a, a structure you know, of things. Exactly. You and you know with a high degree of certainty that that's going to give you X result mm-hmm. or within a small range, you know, a margin there. Same thing with your car. Same thing with whatever it may be. Whereas with your mind, I think one of the reasons as well is because there isn't a specific solution it's very difficult. It's more like a process. 100%. Because there isn't no, there isn't just do this and it's fixed. 
Yeah. So we get so frustrated at it by men that just bills and bills and bills and we never end up speaking about it. Whereas for me, I think it's like it's the opposite. Like if I don't speak about it, like you know, I think owning it just like are you not man like then I can put it back and play into their own belief system and say, Are you not man enough to to own your problems? Yeah, it's a true sign of strength to be able to take ownership of your problems. And that means actually allowing yourself to be open and vulnerable with it. Because when you allow yourself to be vulnerable, you've, you know, fully become comfortable with that. You know, I don't know about you, but if, if this was me, if we were in like August, 2018 right now, <laughs> there is no way that I'd be talking about any of those things because I hadn't, you know, accepted that at the time, you know, hundred percent. Like, you know, even maybe before like the end of last year or the 2020, I might have even like talked about all this stuff, you know, because we all like this, let's face it, like this calmness space, right? Like all men, I, I will talk to you men, but like I'm talking about men right now. So all men have demons. They all do. So why not just talk about, it? you know what I mean? Like, I think it just, it takes one in every friend group to start the conversation. Yeah. I think that's really what it takes with, with men. Uh, it's, it's hard because, um, I don't think there's a like there's a there's a specific solution to to solve to solve this for for men. Unfortunately, I think the way in which the world is heading and with the ever growing competitive competitiveness, there will be and I hate saying this, but there will be a nature effect that comes in where we can't remove ourselves from survival of the fittest. And what that means is there's always going to be a hierarchy in place. Mm. Well, thankfully now the hierarchy can still live on. So if you're at the bottom of the chain, societally, whatever that means, maybe you don't have the best physical attributes. And again, this is all subjective, you know, based on what society says is valuable. You can still procreate and have a family. 200,000 years ago, you'd be kind of eating out of the, eating out of the, the gene pool. Yeah. It's you know, a different so. story back then in the cave. Yeah. Your, your skin that you took off a pig and you have your, your spear. <laughs> different yeah, society. So like, yeah. Like these are modern age problems that like, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll solve in time, but we, we, um, we can't turn away from the fact that they're there and that they're normal mm -hmm. and that you're not crazy for feeling any, any certain way. I think that's the biggest thing telling people you're not crazy because you yeah. feel crazy. You feel like you're going loco when you're sitting in that. And I think you touched on it as well. When you sit, were sitting in that, on that bathroom floor, I'd say like one of the things that's gone off your mind, like, why am I feeling like this? I'm fucking crazy. Like, am I crazy? Is there something wrong? Oh, yeah. Like, why, like, why, what's wrong with me? Why is this happening? Like, I, at the time, physically, you know, I was in probably like, not my strongest ever, but like, I was like physically in a very good position, strength-wise. And I was like, strength is there. But why do I feel so weak right now mentally? Like, that was big with me as well it's like but I'm on paper i'm doing everything that i know yeah i should be doing so then you're like i don't want to feel this way and if you were to come up to me and say well you just need to train more i am yeah it's like i it's have like, a 200 kg deadlift but why yeah. am i on the, on the floor crying <laughs> this is conflict where a and b don't make c and for men we just can't compute that we can't compute that at all we're like but i'm doing this why the fuck is this happening and then our frustration kicks in as men and we can exacerbate problems and mm. there's a lot more to the male psyche um, oh, yeah. that is neurotic i feel than, than the female psyche i feel um but again that's a generalization it might not always be true yeah yeah from what i've seen and what i've experienced through clients it seems to be um 
it seems to be the case. But it's 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 hard either way. It's hard being a man or a woman. Oh yeah, of course. They both have their pros and their cons in some ways. Yeah, for sure. Everybody has demons, regardless of what gender you are, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like uh, we've been at it. We've been chatting for like an hour and twenty, um, and like I know that we could we could probably talk about things for yeah. days on end. Uh, so I'll I'll probably finish up the conversation uh, on that note. Um, I have a I have a session I need to do in ten minutes, so want to prep for that but that was amazing to go through all of that you know i think um a lot of that stuff will be definitely helpful for some other people who have maybe felt you know similar ways and uh it's as always so great to chat uh i think that's one of the reasons why you know we've been friends for the last few years is that we have a lot of you know things a lot of things like the you know behavioral psychology and things that we just, you know, we think similarly along, along the same, like different, like same lines and stuff like that. So it'd be great to uh, maybe do another recording sometime soon and we could probably go deep on a, on a different topic if you're up for it. hundred percent. Like firstly, thanks for having me on today. And secondly, like, I feel like we could talk about this stuff for hours and hours. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, anytime, man, anytime whatsoever. Amazing. So just uh, before we finish up, um, if somebody wanted to get in touch with you or, you know, inquire about coaching or wanted to follow you on social media, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah. Awesome. So Instagram and TikTok at physiotrician. Um, that is by far the easiest place. TikTok is where I'm posting all the time now. And if I, if I'm on Instagram, I'm posting, reposting my TikToks. Mm-hmm. Just follow along on TikTok. You know, if you're if you're a woman who's in the position where they're just kind of they want to break the habit of being themselves, as Joe Spencer once said, and they feel like there's more for them. They want to feel happy and loved in their own skin. That's all I do on my TikToks. I give little practical tips, um, as well as little cognitive reframings every single day. I think I think I missed yesterday, right? But since I think the last four months, I've posted an average of like one and a half videos a day. So plenty there and amazing sounds good so instagram or tiktok amazing all right well um it was great to chat as always and i'm looking forward to the next one hopefully sometime soon peace